there I am. It was the psalm that was read to us this past Sunday morning by Brother Brandon. And as he read it, I wanted to preach it. But we was already in the book of John. But uh, I pray that over the next, I think, four Wednesdays, with the Lord being our help, we'll dive into this 27th psalm here. I want to read the first six verses. Well, I'll just read the whole, well, we'll stick with six. I just want to get it all in. But the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart should not fear. The war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. And in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up and mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will Take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me. And such as breath out and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, as we gather here on this Wednesday evening, we know week after week we battle the flesh to get here, but we, we battle the flesh to get here because we understand that you are worthy of our praise. Lord, I thank you for allowing us to be here this evening. Lord, I pray for those who are in need of your touching hand this evening, Lord. It seems that on every side we have members that are suffering or going into suffering or afflicted or suffering from a heart attack, Lord, where our prayer is, as always, that ultimately your name will be glorified in all these situations. But, Lord, our petition is, is that you'll pour out a little um, help and aid and strengthen them in this time, Lord. I know even this evening, amidst heart attack and amidst everything else, 
the desire was to be in the house of God. That's not a testimony of who I am, but who you are to your people. We give thanks to you for all that you've done. Thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you had spent any time in the last couple days, either on social media or watching the news, you can see that there is a great stir about what's going on in Israel. Christians are debating back and forth, is this the beginning of World War III or is this the beginning of the Psalms 83 war? To those things, I, I do not have the answer. So don't look for that tonight. But what I do have for you this evening is what David said has been a help for him navigating through uncertain times. Psalms 27 is a testimonial of David in his own personal life, how he had found himself in uncertain situations, and yet God had brought him through. Psalm 27, many believe that this psalm was written while David was on the way, finally after all the battles, after all the struggles. Many believe that Psalm 27 was written while David was on his final journey to sit upon the throne finally. After facing the lion, after facing the bear, after facing all of these things, it is said that David had began to ponder as he was on his way to the throne all the times that God had delivered him when he faced uncertainties. The bear, God delivered him. The giant, God delivered him. The lion, God delivered him. Saul chasing him, God had delivered him. The uprising of his own son, and God had delivered him. He had found himself so overwhelmed by this God who had been faithful to deliver him no matter what he was facing. Hear me, the psalmist was amazed that after all the things he faced in his life, that God had brought him through. I'm certain that there are some of us here this evening that could probably relate to the psalmist as we survey the things that we have faced in our life since we've been saved. Troubles that we face in our life, whether it be health, whether it be family members, or whether it be just Satan opposing any forward progress in our life, and yet God has brought us through. David stood in amazement that he ever even made it through. Some say that he may have even wrote this letter as he was fighting his last battle. Many of us may can remember that is that when David was fighting the battle and Abishai looked over and seen that David looked faint. And there, even in that situation, when David was almost overwhelmed, God sent a man whom he strengthened by the name of Abishai to deliver David from the enemy. Even more, even in this situation, David stood amazed that God did for him what he could not do for himself. But after he thought about all these things, and after he pondered about how God had been faithful to him, he he puts the pen to the pad and sets out to make a declaration about God. Verses 1 and 2, or really in 3, are declarative statements about God. This is an FYI to the reader. He is declaring things that you need to know about 
what God has done for him. And it's also an FYI, how you're ever going to make it through when you're facing uncertain times. If you ever are going to navigate through times when it seems like the world around you is collapsing, you've got to draw close to the Lord. He said here, in the dark times, the Lord is my light. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Understand the declaration of this that he makes is whom shall I fear is simply connected. David wasted no time to explain how he ever made it through. It was the Lord. But the reason that he lacked fear, the reason he could even state whom shall I fear is because of his unwavering confidence in the Lord. He says as he faced the dark times in his life, and certainly if you read about David's life, time after time he found himself in dark situations. But he said, I made it through because the Lord is my light. Now we understand the importance of light. We understand that light casts out darkness. We understand that light can bring comfort. Several years ago, I hate to even tell you this, this ain't 20 years ago. This is like three years ago, four years ago. I was down in the woods hunting, and I was so excited that I shot a deer. I mean, this was a great moment for me. I'm like, yes. And as I'm getting ready, it had gotten dark. I shot the deer right before dark. My flashlight died. I was so petrified that I had convinced myself that here in Cincinnati, a lion and a bear and a cheetah was all in the woods trying to get me. I hightailed it out of the woods. I was so gripped with fear that I left my gun and all my hunting gear in the woods and refused to go back in after it. I was petrified because I did not have the light. David, when he makes this statement here, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? David doesn't say that he doesn't understand why people are afraid of darkness. He gets it. He understands why people would be fearful in dark times. Why people would be fearful as they're facing the enemy. He didn't even say that the world would never be fearful. But instead, it, he makes a declaration that what has kept him from fear was his confidence in the Lord. We live in a society, really, that is scared. They're scared about what's going on in the country. They're scared about their own lives. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And they ain't turning to the Lord. We live in a medicated society. Every time we turn around, it seems that we're, there's a new pill for this and a new pill for that. And the only advertisement that lasts longer than the advertisement for the pill is all the side effects that's going to destroy you. You may be cured of fear, but you're going to die of cancer. David says, I need to know over-the-counter prescription. I understand. I made it through 
But it wasn't my charisma that brought it through, brought me through. It wasn't my skill with using the sling that brought me through. It wasn't that I knew the land and I knew where to hide from Saul that brought me through. It wasn't that I was a skilled warrior that brought me through. It was the Lord who brought me through all those battles. He was but a feeble man, but he served a God who had enough strength even when the enemy was camped around me. He said, I serve a God who tucked me in the cleft of the rock. I served a God who fed me in the presence of my enemy. He served a God that had brought him to through, not nine times out of 10, but 10 times out of 10. I have a perfect record because of who I'm following. He is my light. He is my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? And even more, when he closes out, the Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He is declaring here an ultimate confidence in God. I challenge you to search your heart the things that have been bothering you over the last week. And if you really ponder them and think about why they're bothering them, you may be surprised to find out is because you just haven't been trusting God. You've just been lacking confidence that God was the one that was going to bring you through. But David says, I'm not done yet. I, I, that's not all that the Lord has done for me. He's not only delivered me. He's not only led me. He's not only strengthened me, but he's done even more. Let me tell you more what he did for me. When the wicked, even mine enemies, I love how he does that. You notice that when he says, when the wicked comma, he views the wicked as opposition to him, period, first. Then he goes on to say, even mine enemies, the wicked and his enemies, he said, and my foes came upon me to eat my flesh, and they stumbled and fell. He said, let me tell you about my Lord. He, he said, I found myself in a place my, I found myself in a place where I was totally encamped around by my enemies. He found himself that while he was serving the Lord, don't miss that. While David was serving the Lord, while he was faithfully serving the Lord, David had found himself in a place where he had found enemies. He found enemies while being faithful. But verse 1 tells you about the ultimate confidence that he had in God. But when the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat my flesh. Notice how he ends that. When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. He said... God, I have ultimate confidence in him because even more, when all of the enemies came upon me, God silenced my fear by silencing the enemy. He said they stumbled and fell. They would come upon me to eat my flesh, but they came short. Even if you've been serving God, like I said, any time at all, you probably came across people who didn't like you simply because they did not like your God. 
They didn't like you because they didn't care for you to keep telling them about their Jesus. They, they have ill will for you. Uh, they like to see you in sin. They like to see you stumble and fall. But David said, in this situation, when my enemies was desiring to see me fall, the Lord caused them to stumble and fall. The Lord silenced them. Not only did he silence them, but the Lord kept me. The Lord has been so faithful at silencing my enemies, but in verse 3, he says, Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. Notice what he says here. Though a crowd came together against him. David is trying to bring home to you. It doesn't matter whether it's a singular enemy or a plural enemy. When the, though the host should encamp against me. He said, David said, the one thing that I have realized is that enemies are enemies. And though I've realized that enemies at times can if you're not focused on the Lord, cause you to stumble. He says sometimes when you're just dealing with one person in opposition, we at times think we can handle it. But he said, David, I've learned that there is no difference between a host and one when it comes to the Lord that we serve. He said the opposers may change. The number was, may change. But I have confidence in my Lord, that he is my salvation. They cannot harm me. Their battle is with the Lord. And as he began to think of all, all of this, as David began to think about his ultimate confidence in God, as David began to think about all the times that God had strengthened him, all the times that God had delivered him, all the times that the enemy faced him and came upon him and opposed him, and the Lord caused them to stumble and fall, and yet here he is in this place, I believe, on the way to finally sit upon the throne, and he thought, thought about all the victories that God had brought him through. It caused him to break out in worship to the Lord. Notice verse 4. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Hear me now. He said that the Lord that he serves is worthy of his worship. It, he acknowledged it was the Lord who did all these things. And in return, he knew that the Lord was worthy of his worship. It was God. It was the Lord who protected him, the Lord who guided him, the Lord who stumbled. It, it was the Lord alone who was worthy of this praise. Now, I want, I want you to see something here. David said, after looking at all the things that God has done for me, it didn't stir up in David this feeling that it was a time to foolishly brag that he made it through. It wasn't a time to stir up confidence in himself. It wasn't a time of foolish pride. When I looked at all the Lord has done in my life, it gave me desire to go to the house of the Lord. By the way, this right here, 
I believe summarizes some of the greatest problems with unfaithful church members. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after. By the way, look what he says, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. He acknowledged that the Lord had done so much for him in his life that he didn't just want to come to a sporadic Sunday morning service. He didn't just say, oh, drop by within every 90 days so I don't lose my membership. He said, it is my desire. When I see what God has done in my life, I want to dwell in the house of the Lord. He had no desire to leave. He didn't want to come apart from it. He felt like that he could dwell there day in and day out and never run out of praise and worship for our Lord. Now, what does this mean for us? It means that oftentimes when you have people who are lacking faithfulness to the house of God, lacking a desire to come to the house of God, why is that? It's because they have not stepped back and seen all the things that God has faithfully done for them out their entire life of service to him. Matter of fact, even before then, I don't know if you about you, but there are many times in my own personal life where I look back at my life before the Lord saved me, and I could see how God kept me along the way from just going one step further, just one step further. He set guardrails up and let me go down the road, but in the end, ultimately, he would call me out of darkness into marvelous light. He said, I, I recognize what he's done in me. Matter of fact, I can see others who didn't make it. David could look around and see those who used to stand by him and used to worship the same Lord in which he worshiped, and they were now dead. People who seemed so faithful serving the Lord, and they had turned their back not only on him, but also on the Lord. He's seen people who the Lord had put in place as king over Israel turn away from the Lord. And yet David sat back and said, Lord, you have kept me every step of the way, not only from my enemies, but you brought me back even in the midst of unfaithfulness. He said, I, I want to dwell there all the days of my life. I want to behold your beauty. I want to inquire of you in your house. That's interesting. I want to inquire of you in your house. I want so many believers when I get there to know what you have done in my life. This is the kind of recounting that we should do in our lives whenever we find ourselves in a relaxed approach when it comes to church. When we arrive here, I know you guys know this. This isn't social hour. This isn't a time for matchmaking. We, we don't arrive here because it's our ritual. We, we don't show up here. Well, but if I don't show up, the pastor will text me. We show up here because he is worthy of our worship. That's why we're here. It's the only reason we're here. He, he said, here, one thing I've desired of the Lord, that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire 
in his temple. This place is about worship. I hope that there's some testifiers this evening that he has brought us through. I don't care if it's Sunday morning. I don't care if it's Wednesday night. I cringe when I see people cringe about the mentioning of revival meetings. Like, are you going to do all five days? Like, he's worthy of seven. He's worthy of 365. Matter of fact, if you read, worship is a part of our daily life. But also, notice this. David said, because what God did to him in his life, because what the Lord had done in delivering him, David says here, one thing I've desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. I know we're in the age of small groups. and I don't have no problems with small groups, okay? Don't assault me afterwards. But understand this. What the Lord had done in David's life caused him to not want to go to the pastor's house, not to go to the deacon's house, not to go to the song leader's house or another faithful church member's house. What the Lord had done in his life made him want to go to the Lord's house. This is the designed place of worship that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. One desire is single-minded here. I, one thing have I desired of the Lord. If you was to ask yourself, just if you was to survey your prayers or survey your thoughts or, or how you've been talking to the Lord, if you was to have one thing that you desired of the Lord, would it be? the opportunity to come here on Wednesday night? Would it have been the opportunity to be here Sunday morning or Sunday evening? The one desire you have in your heart, is it that, oh, you know, maybe we could have Tuesday service, Wednesday service. Oh, pastor, you're being unreasonable. I'm not. Not. This is what the Lord has done in our lives. He is literally worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our praise. He's, he's worthy to come here and to learn about and to inquire of him and to look around. Listen, we may not be beautiful looking people, but it is absolutely beautiful what God has done in our lives and to inquire of his beauty. Tell me again how you met the Lord. Tell me again how the Lord saved you. Tell me again how the Lord brought you through. Tell me again how you was facing certain death and the doctor said 4% and yet you were here on the other side still leading worship. Tell me of that again. Tell me about how he has magnificently brought us through. If we are honest with ourselves and we surveyed our prayers, probably a lot of us may come up with more requests for ourselves than we would like to admit. Lord, I'd like a new car. Lord, I'd like to have a, a dream vacation. Lord, I'd like to have a fancy meal. He said, Lord, one thing I, I desire of you 
Now think about this. On the way to the throne. On the way to sit upon the throne. To be king over all of Israel. And his desire isn't to, for successful navigation to the throne. It's successful navigation to the house of God. He said, the throne, yeah, that's a sign. No, yeah, I'm going there. You're going to be king. If we, got, if we heard news today that we was going to be king, uh, we would probably be busting at the seams. But it was a side note. If we face the affliction that David had been facing all these years, we probably would have been bursting at the seams. Finally, I'm liberated. Finally sitting at the king's table. Finally a good meal. Finally a warm bed. Finally this. Finally a place for my kids. Finally a place where well, David had lots of problems. Finally a place for all my wives. Finally all of these things. But David said, finally, I'm going to get the opportunity. Lord, I've desired this one thing. It wasn't the throne. It was that I could have unhindered worship of you, that I may dwell in your temple all the days of my life. I don't know about you, but I admit Wednesday nights are hard on the flesh. They are. You work all day, you get here. Even in the situation now, I find myself like Wednesday nights are something about them. You just, you're just tired. But David said, the one thing that has helped this beat down flesh, exhausted, on the run, the one thing that's helped my discouraged heart, this tired flesh, is to get into the house of the Lord and worship him. To get into the house of the Lord and hear his name exalted. We could pick up again next week. But ask yourself, when you arrived here this evening, what did you think on the way here? I don't know your heart. You don't know mine. But the Lord does. What was you thinking on your way here? What was your expectation of tonight? Was your expectation that I was going to do something? That's a bad expectation. Was the expectation that Daniel was going to do a great job singing? That's a bad expectation. He did good tonight, though. He's better than normal. He's getting a lot of practice. He even had his hand moving. He learned that from little Daniel. But the expectation that you should have had tonight is that you arrived here because you serve a God who is worthy of your praise. That's it. I said, I didn't come here to get, I came here to give. I, I, I'm thankful that we are in his word and learning for sure. I mean, this is what church is all about. And I'm thankful that we had a time of prayer and lifted up requests before the Lord. Absolutely. But even more, when I came here, when in a visual of ourselves, we shall walk through the doors, lifting up everything we have in ultimate adoration and praise and confidence in the God we serve. Let's pray. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, 
I pray that you'll be with us as we work through this 27th Psalm. What a, what a place to be that, that to survey in our lives. Lord, I have to look back even in my own personal life. I am humbled at the times you've brought me through. I'm humbled at the times you've strengthened me even this very day. Every step of the way here with us, Lord. How could we ever become so cold and callous that we don't wake up our day, wake up, start off our day waking up praising you? You've been too good to us. You've been too good. May it be the number one desire of our hearts. May it be the desire of our hearts in the mornings before the cup of coffee. The desire of our hearts before the morning breakfast. Lord, may we start off our morning worshiping you, thanking you, relying upon you, taking the ultimate confidence that we can have in you, recognizing, Lord, if we just ponder all the enemies, whether they be physical, whether they be spiritual, or whether they just be people who are uh, opposing us and railing us at times, and where are they today? You've silenced our enemies. They've stumbled and fallen. And yet, when we arrive here, it seems that we don't have nothing to say. Revive us again, Lord. Fill our hearts with your love. May our souls be rekindled with fire from above. We give thanks to you, Lord, for all you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.